Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you are all faring well. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie, and I am delighted to have you join us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. We have a great show today using nonviolent communication in the workplace with Monique Deneau. You know, according to research by Andrew Neighbor, industrial and organizational psychologist and behavioral scientist, we spend one-third of our lives at work. The average person will spend 90,000 hours at work over a lifetime. Undoubtedly, the workplace makes a huge impact on quality of life. So how can we make it better? The key is communication. Thich Nhat Hanh quotes, when we say something that nourishes and uplifts us and the people around us, we are feeding love and compassion. When we speak and act in a way that causes tension and anger, we are nourishing violence and suffering. That's profound. So the art of communication is the language of leadership stated by James Humes. And I believe that humility, an ingredient in the recipe of love, is an effective leadership quality. When we're humble, we are good listeners, open to learning, and modest in our approach to others. And this is not only important in the workplace, but how we relate to ourselves. And as Thich Nhat Hanh quotes, once you can communicate with yourself, you'll be able to communicate outwardly with more clarity. The way in is the way out. That's so powerful. And our amazing guest joining us today, Monique Deneau, was a previous guest on Love Light, creating psychological safety in the workplace founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders Worldwide, author, seasoned executive coach, and resource pro- human resource professional, Monique contributes over three decades of corporate experience. She combines her corporate knowledge, business startup experience, and best practices to help individuals break down barriers in the workplace. She has the unique ability to build immediate trust, and quickly get individuals into alignment with their true values and desired direction. She's a contributing author to Ophelia's Mom and the business handbook, How to Win and Keep Clients. Monique has a strong intuition and coupled with active listening skills, guides business people to solve their core pain points to be more influential and have a higher impact on their bottom line. So now I am just pleased to welcome Monique to our show today using nonviolent communication in the workplace. Welcome, Monique, and thank you for returning to Love Life. 
Hello, Jean. Thank you so much for having me back. I en- really enjoyed the last time I was on your show, and I'm very excited to be here. Yes, on such an empowering topic. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what inspired your work, and you know, just highlight some things about your growth journey and perhaps how you overcame some personal challenges. That's a lot. I've been an executive executive coach for about 25 years. And prior to that, I had a corporate background where I saw plenty of dysfunction in the workplace. And through my childhood, I suffered a lot of trauma. I have complex PTSD from my childhood. So when I went into the workplace and saw all of that dysfunction, it really triggered me. Uh, at that time, I hadn't yet begun my own journey of working on my past trauma. But in the workplace, with what I saw surrounding it, communication was the main issue as to why there was so much dysfunction. So I decided to become a coach and work one-to-one with leaders, helping them to develop critical soft skills like communication, hoping that they could then transfer those skills to their teams. So over the past 25-plus years, that's what I've been doing, as well as continuing on my own journey, my own path of healing. That's fantastic. As we talk about the workplace, uh, and of course, uh, you know, COVID has changed a lot. What is your experience and perception of how the workplace has changed? You know, what what issues do you see are are more prominent uh, that you perhaps have helped leaders and their employees deal with? Really, the issue of virtual work, working from home when all the employees had to leave the workplace and start working from their own home, it really stifled communication because no one could see each other face-to-face. So that was the main issue, but under that umbrella were all kinds of other issues. So there was communication issues. Uh, How do you onboard and hire when nobody's in the office? How does that take place? Even giving feedback to people. used to be where the manager would call someone into the office and they would have a face-to-face conversation about feedback, and that wasn't happening anymore. So those are just a few of the things that I saw that my clients were coming to sessions with, needing help with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, since it's, a lot has been virtual, uh, what I thought about the, you know, the whole issue of body language, you know, the, the cues uh, from nonverbal communication that's immediately revealed in, you know, physical contact and having to deal with what Zooms and, you know, and not really being in touch with the physical aspects, uh, you know, that can uh, present problems. Are there any ways to kind of get around that or, or what has been your experience as, as we look at, you know, dealing with the nonverbal cues that we normally would be able to see as we experience that physical contact? Body language is so important when it comes to communication. And again, when 
we entered into the virtual work environment, that was really hard. Either meetings or conversations were taking place by phone. Even if someone was on camera, you can only see from the neck up. And even then, you're looking at them through a screen. So you can't really sense an accurate you know, eye contact, facial expressions, or people misunderstand facial expressions. So one of the things we'll talk about today with nonviolent mm-hmm. communication is how, because that framework is based on empathy, it is a really good tool to use if there is body language that's, that's not there, if you can't see someone's body language. You can still use the tool of nonviolent communication to have really uh, robust conversations and interaction minus the body language. Mm, that's so important because typically if you're having Zoom meetings or virtual uh, work, uh, classes or workshops or whatever uh, or interactions, it may be more than one person there. And so, you know, the leaders uh, really have, you know, a job trying to really tune in. So we can't wait to hear more about these nonverbal communications and empathy that's so important. Monique, one of the things that uh, uh, that's really uh, important in communication, this whole issue of conscious as well as unconscious uh uh, motivation, motivation, dealing with the uh, biases that lead to unfair treatment. A lot of people are not even aware, you know, that uh, these biases within themselves uh, exist. And uh, what do you have to say about that as we look at conscious uh, uh, as well as unconscious uh, motivation and communication? You're right. It's so prevalent there. And I think it, again, goes back to empathy and connecting connecting with first yourself, and and you said it wonderfully in the quote in the beginning of the show, that you first have to connect and communicate with yourself, and then you can connect with others. So empathy, which is a key to nonviolent communication to that framework, once you have empathy, it's easier to understand the other person's situation, point of view, culture, language, whatever the dynamic is, because empathy involves being present, asking open-ended questions, listening, really putting yourself in that other person's place and trying to understand where they're coming from. So I think that's that's key, which, again, all ties back into various forms of communication. Yes, I can't, we can't wait to dive in deeper to hear more about, you know, the empathy and being present because that's so important in uh, interactions and communication. And, you know, as we look at the workplace and workplace culture, um, there's some that are toxic, uh, lots of red flags. Uh, people may uh, be inhibited because of fear due to threats, maybe fearing job loss, being fired, demoted, humiliated, you know, lack of being accepted, and so much more. And a lot of people just kind of go along with the program uh, just to get through the end of the day. Uh, what does an ideal workplace 
look like? What's a, an ideal culture, culture you know, what, what can we do to, to enhance that corporate, uh, what, what is it, that the, the, corp, the company culture in the workplace? What does that look like and feel like when it's ideal? We're shooting high here, but <laughs> uh, can you right. just share something? <laughs> Out of 25 years of coaching corporate leaders and listening to all of their stories, of which there are many, a really positive corporate culture has high psychological safety. So that's where people are feeling comfortable about speaking their mind, having a voice. They don't feel like they will be reprimanded for having an opinion. They just feel safe. They feel supported. There's a lot of collaboration where people can talk and brainstorm and throw out ideas. There's a high level of respect for each other. Those are the main components of a healthy workplace culture. And unfortunately, In a toxic culture, those things are not present. Employees do not feel psychologically safe. They do not feel like they can speak out. They can't voice concerns. They can't collaborate or brainstorm. Communication is really lacking. It's, it's, if it's even present, it's very poor. They don't have um, skills. The, the correct communication skills. They don't have the framework to communicate. So there it breeds bullying, um, fear, and it's just, it's very, very toxic. And there's some really staggering statistics. You mentioned one in the beginning of the show. Another one is that miscommunication in a company costs companies an average of $420,000 per year. Mm. And that's just communication, poor communication. So if even communication can be worked on, not only will it save money for companies, but it will help promote that healthy workplace culture. It'll help promote psychological safety and more respect for other people. So it's it's really about using communication to, to connect and to be present. And the workplace is, as you said in the beginning, it's it's where we spend most of our time. So it's it's really critical to have poor um sorry, to have good communication in the workplace. You know, I'm glad that you brought up the cost because you know, the turnover and training and, you know, it's, it's like a vicious cycle if you don't deal with the communication issues. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yes, the turnover, it, it's expensive. It, it mm-hmm. costs money to train, to hire. People leave, they're unhappy, so they may give negative feedback publicly about the company, which yes. really impacts. <laughs> A company, so it. There are many things that can help improve the culture, but if people can just start with a good communication framework, that will solve a lot of problems. Hmm. One of the things that we talk about a lot on Love Light is uh, issues of unworthiness, 
lack of self-love and all of that. And can you, you know, just highlight uh, briefly how that can play itself out as a result of maybe some core issues? Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about bullying and how people can, you know, overshadow their unworthiness by being a bully. <laughs> so can you just highlight that since we talk a lot about unworthiness and lack of self-love and what impact that has? Yes, certainly. Many of my clients come to me wanting to be coached around self-confidence. They feel it themselves that they are lacking in confidence. They've been given feedback about that. And a lot of times it's because they, they don't have the skills that they need for the role that they're in. A lot of people were promoted into roles just because of their tenure with a company, not really because they had the skills to be in management or to be in senior leadership. And they weren't provided the support or the training. So they end up in these roles that are extremely demanding. And they themselves may have been traumatized and maybe never dealt with their trauma. So they have all of that coming with them. And then they're put in charge of a team of people. Mm. So it's it's a perfect storm, so to speak. Yes, quite complicated. And, <laughs> right. And so their self-confidence continues to plummet because they can intuitively tell that they're not being successful. So it it has a domino effect because then they're setting this example for the people on their team. And whatever way they manage people is what their team is going to pick up as being the appropriate way to manage. So it, again, contributes back to this toxic work environment. And when I coach people, I really focus on helping them understand that it starts with, with you, with your, your own self, and digging into the things that need to be resolved whether it's with a coach or a therapist or both, because I have many clients that work with me as a coach and also a therapist, um, which is the ideal situation because then the therapist can help them with that past trauma. And I, as the coach, can help them with the day-to-day things that are happening for them in the workplace. Okay. So it, it really helps them to tackle that, that issue with self-confidence, lack of self-love, lack of okay. skills, so that they can be a better leader. Okay. Wow. This is so uh, important. Uh, well, Monique, it's time for a brief commercial break. So to our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back with more on using nonviolent communication in the workplace with our amazing guest, Monique Deneau, founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Uh, Leaders worldwide, author, seasoned executive coach, human resources professional. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. 
Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-day weekly prompts and affirmations, is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Jean-Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at drjeanmariefarish-consciousloving.com. That's drjeanmariefarish-consciousloving.com. Dot com, or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change and flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on The Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above, from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.org. Have a wonderful day. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, living in the spirit of love. If you're just joining us, we are with our amazing guest, Monique Deneau. She's the founder of MD Consulting, building better leaders worldwide, author, seasoned executive coach, and human resource professional on our show today, using nonviolent communication in the workplace. And Monique, thank you so much for really Kind of sharing, you know, the the the, you know what, you know what does a a, a good workplace culture look like, and what's the uh, you know the impact of uh, what nonviolent using? Well, if we don't have good communication skills, the impact on the workplace and the cost uh, for the uh, I guess the corporate uh, as well as uh, individuals and leaders. And I love what you brought up about, as I asked you the question about unworthiness and self-love, how that can play itself out as a result of core issues. And, you know, as a former administrator in higher education, I realized how good leadership impact product productivity of the team. I had great supervisors, some not so. And I learned from them all, those who blocked communication and were, were really all about their agenda and those who were open to ideas of the team, and uh, it was a great learning experience. And we're going to dive deep into what are uh, non what uh, your nonviolent communication skills. What is that all about? Give us your framework and tools. Nonviolent communication—it's also called NVC or sometimes compassionate communication. This is a process that was developed by Marshall Rosenberg. And at the end of the show, I'll give plenty of resources as to how people can access his work. But he trained individuals all across the country on this process. And while I'm not a certified NBC trainer, I've taken a lot of trainings and I use it in my coaching to help people learn how to communicate better it's a framework that is based on when someone has an issue or a challenge with another person, typically we'll go in like a bulldozer and they'll, you know, there'll be maybe conflict or arguing or people, two people can't agree, they can't see eye to eye. So NBC teaches us to first look at ourselves and identify what we are feeling. So what are our feelings? And then what are our needs? What do we need from that conflict? How would we like to see it resolved? So it's first going within ourselves, getting in touch with ourselves, being present, and understanding our own feelings and needs and putting names to them because a lot of people cannot name their feelings. They, they can't put a word to it. They can't articulate what they're feeling. So they react based on just some kind of a primal instinct rather than understanding this is anger, this is frustration. So once a person understands their feelings and needs, they then approach the other person that they're having a disagreement with 
and they use open-ended questions to first ask questions of the other person to try to understand that person's feelings and needs. So it's a lot of open-ended questions to get a conversation going. And once those feelings and needs are out on the table, it's kind of like this whole world opens up for those two people because now there's an understanding, and here's where empathy comes in. Now there's an understanding of how each person is feeling and what each person needs out of this situation. That makes it easier to do a number of things. It makes it easier to negotiate if you're in the workplace. It makes it easier to resolve conflict. It makes it easier to give or receive feedback. Because once you have empathy for the other person, sometimes it softens your own approach. It might not change the outcome. You know, if you have to give feedback to an employee because they've been performing poorly, that's still the case. They've still been performing poorly. But you might approach the conversation differently. You might talk to them differently. You might encourage them to talk to you in a different way rather than just going in and laying down the line and saying, this is what you did and this is the consequence. It encourages more open conversation. And it can be used in a number of situations. It can be used in the workplace, in the home. It's being used in the prison systems with the inmates. It's used in mediation between divorcing couples, and it takes some training, but there are some very simple tools that can be used with it that I use in my coaching sessions to help people learn it fairly quickly. And then in the coaching sessions, we practice, we role play, so that if they are heading into a conversation that they know is going to be maybe negative, We role-play that conversation first using NBC and using the techniques so that by the time they have the conversation, they're pretty well-versed in in how they want to handle it. Mm. I love what you said about empathy because what if poor performance is the result of family issues, financial concerns, losses, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, if you're in tune to, you know, how the person is, you know, you observe how that person is or, you know, if you're more empathic and can put yourself in in that person's shoes and connect with them on a different level, that makes you feel better, you know, that you're, you have a space to be seen and heard. I love that. Right, right. And because what if you're going to give an employee some feedback about their performance and you're actually ready to fire them and you go in and start to use NBC, have a little empathy, ask some open-ended questions, and you realize that maybe they're having some mental health issues. Maybe that's the reason for their poor performance. Then you can maybe refer them to your company's employee assistance program, you know, to get them some help. Maybe it changes a little bit of how you were going to deal with that person. It, It makes a big difference when you have empathy, when you ask additional questions, when you try and understand where the other person is coming from. Mm, That's so important because, you know, problems, you know, life 
problems and circumstances can be transitional. Maybe I'm at this point, at this phase in my life. If you're going through a marital uh, uh, change or whatever, uh, geographic adjustment, whatever it is, you know, uh, these transitional points may be what's short term. <laughs> and uh, right. if you get, yeah, if you get the support and help or that empathy that's needed, it can help you move forward, you know, in the workplace. Yes, exactly. And I, I have a great example of a client. Her name is, we'll call her Susan. She was not seeing eye to eye with her boss and she wanted to quit. And so she came to coaching for help on finding another job. But once we started to break it down and we realized that her and her boss were not communicating and she felt micromanaged, but she didn't know why. So I taught her the NBC process, we role-played it, and she went in and had a conversation with her boss about it, It learned why he was micromanaging. And then at the same time, he learned that she was so upset about it, she was ready to quit. So the two of them were able to come together and resolve the problem without her having to leave. And that should have been a relief for the employer because if he's micromanaging, that takes a lot of energy. Right. Yes. And he needed to hear that feedback. He did not (laughs) see it as micromanaging. So when he got that feedback from her, it was like a light bulb went on for him. And one of the things that you're bringing up that's so important is, you know, even as you shared about identifying feelings, identifying what is micromanagement, because sometimes people just kind of operate in their normal way without realizing what am I really doing? <laughs> you know, what what is this pattern that, you know, I'm, you know, exhibiting every day that's causing a lot of conflict or toxicity in the workplace? So I'm glad that you brought that up. I did, when you identify it, define it as well as feelings, it can be so helpful. Yes, and I think the, the better the communication is in the workplace and the more empathy we can have, the, the more it can combat that toxicity because the communication is typically lacking in toxic environments. And it's, it's lacking for a couple reasons. Either people just, they don't want to communicate or they don't know how. They don't mm. really have the skill set. And communication is more than just letting words come out of your mouth. It's, it's connecting with the other person and asking questions and having the empathy and trying to understand where they're coming from and, and making requests. So in Susan's case, her request was that she did not want to be micromanaged anymore. She needed more autonomy. And she was terrified of making that request because, again, the low confidence level, the low self-esteem. So part of NVC is once you've identified your own and the other's feelings and needs, then you, make, you can make requests of each other. I need this. I want this. Can you accommodate this? And that's a, a big part of communication also. Yes. Well, Monique, what about blame, those who are always blaming and chronic complainers? And I think really they're kind of looking away from their own behaviors when you and not taking responsibility for themselves. What's your, uh, what's your take on that for, uh, you know, blaming and complaining, uh, putting the fault on others? 
And I do have a lot of clients in my sessions who do that. And I'm very open about that feedback that I give to them. And we can even use NVC for that because the first step in NVC is identifying, sitting with yourself and connecting with yourself. So we take that, that blaming that they're doing and I'll ask them a series of questions again, open-ended questions to try to dig in and unpack where is the blaming coming from. And usually we find out it's something that has to do with themselves. It's really not anyone outside of themselves. It's something related to themselves. It's some area where they feel inadequate or something that they haven't dealt with yet. It could be even past trauma that is causing them to do the lashing out to other people, not taking responsibility. So first, I always start with them. And once we unpack it, sometimes it truly is another person's fault. But if that's the case, then we productively work on how to resolve that rather than just verbally blaming you know, we want to be able to resolve things with people so that it won't lead to more conflict. But it all starts with first looking at ourselves. Mm, yes, yes. Well, continue on with those skills. I know there's what active listening, what conflict resolution, mediation, team building, because team building is a great part of leadership. And, you know, to build those cohesive teams and nurture uh, 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 you know, people in the workplace. Can you highlight, you know, more about your framework as it relates to these skills? Sure. There are two really simple tools that are used with NVC, and they can get more complicated, but the two that I use in coaching, there's a feelings sheet and a needs sheet. And these are exactly what I've said. They are one-pagers. I call them cheat sheets one page with a list of about 50 feelings and one page with about 50 needs. And it is the most important tool that people can use when they're learning NVC because, like I said, most people don't understand how to put words to what they're feeling. So I have them look at the feeling sheet. If they come to me saying they have a conflict with another person, I have them look at the feeling sheet and identify at least three feelings that they have related to that other person or related to that situation. And then we look at the needs sheet and I have them identify what they need from that person. How, what would be the ideal outcome of the situation? What would they need? And that's really the, the first step is looking at yourself, identifying those needs and feelings. And then I have them do the same thing in a conversation with the other person. Now, the tricky thing about NBC is that in the workplace, you can't really go up to your boss and say, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> what, what do you need? You know, it sounds a little, little soft. So we alter the wording a little bit so that we can still, they can still have the conversation in corporate speak, I guess you could say, so that they can still ask the open-ended questions and get to the bottom of what the other person is needing and feeling. Mm. So really that's 
those are the first couple of steps. And then making requests is the another big piece of it where once two people have identified their feelings and needs, then they can decide what they want from each other. What do they want this outcome to be? So if a person is underperforming and if that's the conversation, mm-hmm. the outcome might be, you know, the manager needs, sets some expectations. This is what I need from you going forward. Can you accommodate that? And mm-hmm. it's very uh, direct and assertive and vocal. And that's kind of another issue I'm seeing with communication is that people are not direct and they're not assertive. They kind of beat around the bush and they don't ever really ask for what they need. So the other mm-hmm. person doesn't know because we're exactly. not mind readers. Exactly. Well, you know, we're going to continue with this empowering discussion after break. And I just want to share, it is said that a group or organization is only as strong as the weakest link. And the group can only be as successful as its least successful or powerful person. So the success of the entire group depends on the success of each individual member of the group. And if one person fails, the whole group fails. So now it's time for a brief commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more on using nonviolent communication in the workplace with our amazing guest, Monique Deneau, founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders Worldwide, author, seasoned executive coach, and human resources professional. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on The Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group, that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now and there is so much help from above from beings of love and light from multi-dimensional realities who are actually here with us wanting to step up and support us i welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today many blessings to you you can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.com. 
www.ghostofgod.org. Have a wonderful day. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change and flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving. Or click the link on the Love Light show page. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, living in the spirit of love. If you're just joining us, we are with our amazing guest. Monique Deneau, she's an expert. She's the founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders Worldwide, author, executive coach, and human resource professional on our show today. And she's an expert using nonviolent communication in the workplace. And Monique, in the previous segment and even during commercial break, I I just love your tools uh, about getting people in touch with their feelings, you know, because you know, people get numbed down. They don't really know how they're feeling. And I shared with my almost uh, a 10-year career working with people coming out of uh, prison uh, trans, uh, uh, with community reentry and recovering from drugs. I had a feeling checklist <laughs> to help people tap into how are you feeling so I can appreciate the role play and uh, what you're sharing today. It, it's so very important. Um, very great tools. Can you, you know, maybe just give us some final tools or takeaways about MVC, you know, 
things that are practical. And I just want to ask you, is it is it that easy? You know, change is kind of difficult for a lot of people. And if you're trying to connect with your inner self, you know, and learn more about yourself, that, that can be a lot of work. So what are your thoughts? And give us some final tools and takeaways. It is difficult. It's It's a discipline. You know, it takes practice. And my clients see the the most uh, results when they're working with me on it in a session. But there are a lot of tools out there. Marshall Rosenberg has written a number of books. And there's a, a website, which I'll give at the end here, where people can go for all of these resources so that you can teach yourself. Uh, some of my clients have purchased his books and then have used those as a supplement to our sessions. It really, I recommend that if you've never tried it and you're trying it for the first time without the help of a coach or an, or a class, that you try it at home first with a loved one versus in the workplace. So at home, it's typically a safer place and you're with a loved one and you can practice with them. So that is usually a really good way to start. Um, It's also important to know that anyone can use this process, male, female, whatever age you are, you can be retired, you can be working, it can be used in the home, in the workplace, as I mentioned, in the prison systems. So it's a process that anyone can use, and it does get easier as you practice it. Those two most important tools are the feelings sheet and the needs sheet. So those are really my main points that I would like people to remember, if anything, from our discussion today. And and Monique, one of the things I want to bring up, uh, you know, because I'll talk uh, classes and use implemented the Jahari's window, <laughs> the part of ourselves that are hidden, that we know, don't know, whatever people know about us. So a lot of times people already know a lot about us that we don't know about ourselves. <laughs> and so that openness uh, to being, you know, to being open to, you know, what others uh, have, have to say, I think that's important because you can learn a lot about yourself from other people. Yes, it's really important. And the best part about listening to other people's feedback or information that they are giving you about yourself is that sometimes they have it wrong or sometimes they've made an assumption about Mm -hmm. you or they've misconstrued something. So, again, by using communication or NBC, if you're getting feedback from someone or if someone's communicating to you how they feel about you or what they see about you, you have the opportunity to uh, clarify for them what what they're saying. And, And maybe it doesn't need to be clarified, but communication is always an opportunity to open things up between two people. Mm, yes, you you really train people how to, what I can say, lovingly communicate using wholesome, healthy, and productive communication skills. And what I love about it is that these skills are transferable to all areas of your life. Yes, and I even had a client who started working on NBC with me in coaching sessions because she was having issues with her boss. And by the time that got resolved, she was so happy with it. She started using it at home with her husband and her teenage son. 
And then her and her husband took the training and became certified as NBC instructors. Hmm. Now that's so a great story. That was a great success story. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and I think the litmus test is how it makes you feel and the results that you see. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you also talked about how NBC helps you be present in your communication with others. Yes, because you have to first be in touch with your own feelings. So that makes you present automatically with yourself. And then Mm -hmm. you have to understand their feelings and needs. So you can't do that if you're not being present with someone. And it, it does force you to be there and present and paying attention and even asking open-ended questions. You have to be present in order to do that. So when I'm working with my clients on this, Mm -hmm. the one thing I focus them on when they're having NBC conversations is do it in a place where there's no distractions, shut your phone off, close your email. You want this to be a very present conversation because if you have all these other distractions, you won't be able to put this framework into place correctly. Mm, So true. So Monique, how can listeners connect with you and do you have a giveaway? Yes, uh, they can connect with me on my website, which is mdconsultingglobal.com. And the giveaways are on my resource page. So when they go to the website, they can click on resources And there will be plenty of giveaways there related to this conversation and many other um, conversations that I've had and other interviews that I've done. Okay. And what is that uh, website again? mdconsultingglobal.com. And then the website for the NBC, it's the national NBC site, is Mm -hmm. www.cnbc.org. So, again, it's cnvc.org. And on that website, there are hundreds of resources related to NBC, books, worksheets, online trainings, Mm -hmm. in-person conferences, worldwide conferences, because this has now spread worldwide. It's not just in the United States. Okay, nicely done, Monique, and thank you so much for joining us today, showing us how to lovingly communicate. That's so empowering for us all, and also for your generosity. We are so grateful to you for joining us today, and hope that this will create this powerful ripple effect for change. Thank you, Jean. It was my pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, so to our listeners, you know, connect with Monique to go deeper and uh, share our show with others and tune in to hear our show on demand. So tune in next week for our show, Voices of Ancestors, a heartwarming message to humanity with Monica Bermudez. Visit the blog page of my websites to access your weekly love practice exercises on my website blog page www.jeanfarrisjourney.com or drjeanmariefarrisconsciousloving.com. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. You know, Buddha quotes, before you speak, 
Let your own words pass through three gates. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Access my article published in Savannah East, How to Empower Yourself in the Workplace, where I highlight building connections, sharing your voice, uplifting others, and celebrating success. Create a life you love. This is Dr. Jean Marie coming to you from Voice America. And remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to Love Light This Week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.